You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast with Jake and Witt, where we take your questions and offer our answers. We're here to give you what you're looking for, whether that's value, entertainment, or just some laughs. Okay, it, it is crazy windy outside. We're getting like a massive windstorm that I can see through this window right here, and I have no idea how the audio is going to be on here with this storm coming through, but I'm going to give this a shot. So, so forgive me. That's what I'm going to say, because that's what I want to talk about today is forgiveness. And first I want to talk about this belief that there is some way that someone can deserve forgiveness or they can earn your trust back or they can somehow make up for it. This belief is based in the idea that life determines how I feel, that somehow I need other people, other things, events, circumstances, all the details of my life to be a certain way in order for me to be okay, rather than the opposing view to that belief that I get authority, I get to choose, that I have intentions I can set over how I'm going to experience the world and experience life. And so I say that right up front because what I want to address is the fear that comes around forgiveness. Because the thing is, we all kind of know cognitively, we know that forgiveness is like a good thing. And especially if we're believers, that you know that Jesus tells us to believe, it's like part of our faith to do this, that he has forgiven us, and therefore we should forgive others. But there's this element of it that it's too scary, it's dangerous. That if I forgive too many people, I'm just gonna get hurt again. Then people are gonna walk all over me. I've got to somehow hold them accountable long enough for them to make up for it, for them to deserve to be forgiven, for them to earn my trust back. We've got this running in the background. So I I just want to take that off the table right up front. Because the truth is this. I can be walking on a snowy ridge in the mountains where a slip would mean death, and I can still have fun. I'm not obligated by the snowy ridge to be terrified on that ridge. As a matter of fact, it could be argued that I would perform better, I would execute better on the ridge if I were not terrified up there. The other thing is that I can be playing in a sporting event with a massive crowd, with a strong opponent, with a lot on the line, and I can still have fun. I could actually go out there and not feel that pressure. I cannot be obligated to that pressure. I'm not stuck in it. I'm allowed to go in there and just think like, hey, everything's going to be fine. Oh, that's dangerous. What if it's not fine? Yeah, what if it's not fine? I'm just saying I'm allowed to think that. And it could be argued that I will play better in that match if I take on that belief. If I play as if I've already won. I'm not waiting to find out if I've won. And definitely not playing as if I'm worried I might lose. Similarly, I am allowed to refuse to be offended by anyone and anything at any time and still live authentically and still set and protect my boundaries. As a matter of fact, it could be argued that I would do it better if I was feeling free and accepting and liked. This whole discussion about the character of the person who wronged me or how terrible the thing was or, or just how much pain was caused, it is uninteresting. It's not that it's false. It's true. It happens. The, victimization is real. However, the discussion becomes uninteresting 
when I really understand that I am allowed to show up in that situation with the fuel that I choose. Because the truth is I am gonna be scared on that ridge. I am gonna feel pressure in that game. And I am gonna be hurt when people do things that are hurtful to me. But I'm allowed to choose the fuel I show up in that situation with. And when I choose the fuels that, that serve me, when I choose the fuels that, that make me show up, that help me to show up in the way that I want to, I'll find that I move through those situations even better than when I cling on to the fear, the pressure, and the hurt. My favorite example I've ever seen about forgiveness and lack of forgiveness and the effects of that were when my daughter Paige was bonding with our puppy, Duke. So this is a few years back when Duke was a puppy and Paige is quite a bit younger. And when Duke was a puppy, he was kind of a terror, actually. He had some aggression issues, which I know you don't expect to see in a golden retriever. I don't know if it was training error or whatever. A lot of the things that he did that were considered aggressive behavior, we A, didn't recognize, and B, thought they were cute because he was this tiny, fluffy puppy. But we sort of allowed some of them to go on, and he became kind of an aggressive puppy. And so we were working on trying to get him to calm down, and meanwhile, Paige was in love with this cute, fluffy puppy, but it was sometimes mean. And one of the times that it was being mean, playing around with its sharp puppy claws and its sharp puppy teeth, it tore a hole, it made a hole in one of Paige's favorite shirts. And she was furious and she was hurt and she was offended and she believed that Duke shouldn't have done that and she had evidence and she was right and Duke was wrong and she was right and she was innocent and she was hurt and her shirt was damaged and there was no question who was right and who was wrong. It could not have been more clear, it could not have been more terrible and it could not have been more uninteresting into how to go forward in this relationship because Paige was dead set on teaching Duke a lesson. She was gonna make him pay for what he had done and she was gonna do that by withholding forgiveness. So she's sitting there angry and I even said to her at one point like, hey, are you gonna forgive Duke? And she's like, no, he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. You know, all, the same story that we all have with all the people that we probably ought to forgive in our lives. But it was just so funny because Duke is a puppy. He doesn't even know that she's mad. He's like over there running around, jumping on stuff, tearing up new things, playing with balls, jumping on the pillows and off the pillows. And Paige is just sitting there angry. And it's such a clear, vivid image in my mind of the idea of what we think we're doing when we withhold forgiveness versus what's actually happening when we withhold forgiveness. Paige was suffering, Duke was fine. Paige was teaching lessons, Duke was learning no lessons. Paige was holding him accountable because she didn't want him to be able to walk all over her. Duke was doing whatever he wanted. It was such an awesome moment to see how silly it is when we don't forgive. And I know that you've heard stories like this before, and a lot of us, myself included, we like to think, oh, I've got kind of an enlightened perspective about forgiveness. I, I get it, you know? Like, forgiveness is not just about the other person, it's also about me. That's the way I like to say it, it's also about me. Here's what I'm gonna challenge you with. No, it's not. It is 100% about you. 
It has literally nothing to do with the other person. Duke was not affected. Not 1%, not 5%, not 60%. He was not affected. It was 100% about Paige and 0% about Duke. As I started piecing all that together, that it really is a 100% 0% proposition, I decided not to try and keep anyone on the hook anymore. I don't try to teach any lessons through unforgiveness. I don't take a stand for what I believe through unforgiveness. I don't limit how much I'm going to interact with somebody based on my unforgiveness. Nobody's walking on me and, and, and I'm not teaching anybody any lessons. I'm not trying to teach anybody lessons through unforgiveness. Now I want this to be really clear through unforgiveness. This is the beauty of it all is when you realize that unforgiveness is a super ineffective way to make or protect a boundary then you can start looking for effective ways to make and protect boundaries. So I'm not saying that I do let people walk all over me. I'm not saying that I never try to teach other people in my life how to treat me. It's simply that I don't do it through unforgiveness. I find that if I forgive them, if I can get myself off the hook, since it's all about me, if I can get myself away from this, now I can really ask myself, all right, how do I want to show up in this situation? What is my boundary? Where am I going to set it? Where has it been crossed? What am I going to do about it? Those are much more interesting questions than how bad is the person who hurt me. I for sure do not want to be presenting this as if it's easy. This is a huge struggle for me and I think it would be for anyone. But I also know why it's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard for me because I have bought into a lie. I have believed the story that anger and fear keep you safe. When I've been hurt in the past and people have poured into me from a loving way, trying to tell me like, hey, you know, forgive, but don't forget. Don't let them off the hook. You got to make sure that you, you know, really protect yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to let them walk all over you and hurt you again. I, I kind of bought into this idea that the feeling offended was going to help with that in some way, that that was going to somehow keep me safe. And that's the big lie. And this is the thing. You're not obligated to continue agreeing with that story. So if I've made my case, if you're on board and you're like, okay, I can kind of see a glimmer of light to where forgiveness might be a good path forward, even where I have a lot of judgments about the person or the hurt or the pain, I can kind of get behind this idea that it's not about them. It's about me, that forgiveness is 100% about me not sitting on the couch like this while the puppy is playing over there, learning nothing from me. And so then I want to talk about what this forgiveness looks like. So forgiveness, it doesn't always have to be about the person who like harmed you when you were 12 and sent these ripples through your life about how terrible things were. I mean, I don't mean to laugh about that like it's a funny thing, but I just, when we have the conversation about forgiveness, it tends to go there a little bit too easily. Is that person important to forgive? Yes. Is there massive breakthrough and transformation that's available when that forgiveness takes place? 100% yes. But I don't want to paint this as if that's what forgiveness is, going back and hurting the person that's hurt you the worst in your life. I forgive, I forgive about once a week. I've got a cycle of meditations that I go through and one of them that I'll link in the show notes. It kind of walks through Jesus guiding us to believe 
that, that we can move mountains and then to believe that what we pray for has been given to us and live in that and then to forgive. And he says, uh, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So I use that as my, my filter. Who am I supposed to forgive? <laughs> Anything against anyone, that's the, that's the mark. And so I'm going straight from Jesus's words with that one. So I forgive on a weekly basis just because that's kind of when, the, when this meditation comes into my cycle. And I forgive people because I'm jealous of them and I've never met them. Like they, they, their business is ahead of mine. They've made money that I wish I had made. They've been able to reach people that I wish I was able to reach. And so I forgive them. I forgive people who say no to our offers. <laughs> we're like, hey, would you like us to help you with this? Come on this consult, let's talk. Hey, you know, let, let's, let's do this. Let's team up and go forward. And they're like, nah, not for me. I, I just forgive them. I forgive bankers who said, no, you can't have a loan in the past. I forgive politicians who make policies that I don't like. I, I forgive Wit and Page for nonsense stuff, for, you know, not liking the food that I wanted them to like. I'm like, oh, you guys gotta try this, you're gonna love it. And I share it with them and they're like, eh, don't really love it. I'm like, uh, you know what? Next time it comes up and I'm like, holy spirit, who do I need to forgive? If they pop into my mind, I just forgive them for it. Because I don't wanna get caught up in this debate about what is worthy of extending my forgiveness and what is not. I, I'm done with that story. I just, would rather be the puppy than the mad kid on the couch. I want to be having fun with the puppy. I want to be having fun. I want to be set free. I want to be living light. And so I'm just like, you know what? I forgive whatever it is, even the littlest thing, even if it feels like I want to justify my mind. Oh, you don't need to forgive for that. That's not really an offense. Of course, it's not really an offense that Paige or Witt didn't like the thing that I, I wanted them to like, that I was excited for them to enjoy. enjoy. But, but the truth is, I felt a little offended. I had an emotion and the forgiveness is about me. And so that is my policy, always forgive. The last thing I wanna offer you is specifically how Witt and I forgive. And we were taught about forgiveness and we were taught this method of forgiveness by a mentor of ours that took us through a really cool ministry when we were first married and is probably the reason we're still married. But I, I wanna share this prayer with you. So it starts off like this. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am offended with and you put their name in there. I felt, and then you list the things that you felt because it's really important that Forgiveness includes acknowledging the pain. You don't want to pretend it's not there. Forgiveness isn't like, no, the pain never happened. Forgiveness is like, no, that hurt. That hurt, and I'm choosing to let it go. It's a very different thing than, oh, okay, I'm just going to pretend everything's fine. So you go ahead and list the painful emotions, the physical feelings that you felt. And you're going to say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am offended with the person's name. And then I felt, and you're going to list, I felt hurt. I felt betrayed. I felt that, that they let me down, whatever. And I also judged. I judged that they were selfish, that they you know, didn't take into account my feelings that they only see the world through their own eyes. I keep saying selfish. That must be a judgment that I have about people a lot of times. I, I judge that, that they were weak, that they didn't stand on their, you know, what they knew was right. Whatever, whatever those judgments are, you can put in there. So you got what you felt and what you judged. 
And then this is sort of where you get into the, the script part. Nevertheless, in spite of these feelings and judgments and with hope and faith in the great love that you cherish for me and what you alone can do in my soul, I choose to forgive blank unconditionally. I loose them and let them go. They owe me no debt. At this point, you kind of check in and see if there's anything else that's coming up now that you've been kind of thinking about this person. So it, it goes, Holy Spirit, please show me any other offenses I need to forgive. If anything comes up, you just go back through what you felt and what you judged. Eventually, there's nothing else or you know you're ready to move on. And so then you can say, in the name of Jesus, I drop all my charges against blank and I lay down all of my judgments provoked by this offense. I release them from all responsibilities in regard to this offense and I renounce every negative word spoken by me to them or by them to me. Those words are null and void. In the name of Jesus, I break their power over my mind, spirit, and body. I also renounce every other negative effect this has had on my spirit, my soul, or my body. Holy Spirit, please come now and heal my thoughts and emotions. Thank you, Lord, for completing what I have begun in faith. That ending part is my favorite because as I'm going through this, oftentimes I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. <laughs> I don't feel free even as I'm saying all this stuff. But I love everything about that last sentence. Thank you, Lord, for completing what I have just begun in faith. And one of the reasons I love that part about it is that this practice comes into my life in the meditation I was describing that's at the end of a scripture that says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Then he goes into the forgiveness. And so in my meditation, I always get to this, you know, this space and I'm like, ah, sometimes I'm not feeling the freedom I'm looking for. But then I, I can remember like, well, how do I know it worked? Well, because whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. As soon as I say that line, it like clicks for me. Okay, I, I'm going to remember that they are forgiven. I've got a little bit of work to do here. I am going to choose that they are forgiven. When the offense comes up, I'm going to remember that I forgive, forgave them. If it comes up too much, I just go through it again. Just go through the whole prayer again because you might find there's some other offenses to forgive that are in there. But if you've got your own method, that's awesome. I'd actually love to hear about it. I'm always interested in methods for forgiveness. Uh, some way that you've ever forgiven someone who really wronged you in a big way, I would love to hear about it because it's something I find fascinating. But if you're looking for a way to forgive someone, if you find that that you're the, you're the kid on the couch and, and you're starting to realize like, hey, that puppy over there does not care that I'm mad. I'm the only one suffering and it's time for the suffering to stop. I, I'm ready to forgive. Then maybe this method will work for you. If you need that written out, if you're interested, of course you have access to it. But if not, um, just comment on here. Send me an email, whatever. I'll, I'll send you a copy of that. We'll get that all sorted out. Thanks for hanging out. See you. As Whit and I have embarked on this journey of making our own change and helping clients do the same, one thing that we've noticed is that the change that's really worth making is usually not a one and done kind of thing. 
that the key factor is the ability to do it daily, to be consistent, to remain steadfast. We believe this so much that we have named our company after it and we've created a program intentionally designed to build your consistency. We want to build your consistency to trust yourself, so we called it Trust You. If you're ready to become the person that doesn't just renew your mind, but renews your mind daily, head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and check it out.